All right, and we are back to discuss episode three, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. If just bringing up the name of this uh, uh, gives you an energy surge, uh, just, you know, buy a can of Surge. Surge! Surge! The greatest soda this side of the Mississippi. Not and a sponsor. of the other side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> On both sides of the Mississippi. On both sides of the Mississippi. Um... Okay, so this movie, I'll do the uh, opening crawls here for you guys. Just got to find my paper. Okay, so uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, First two sentences. Uh, Luke Skywalker has returned to his home planet of Tatooine in an attempt to rescue his friend Han Solo from the clutches of the vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. Now that is one sentence, and that is super long. The rest of it has to do with uh, secret Death Star under construction and all that. That's for Return of the Jedi, right? That's for Return of the Jedi. Revenge of the Sith says, War! Exclamation point. The Republic is crumbling under attacks by the ruthless Sith Lord, Count Dooku. Finally. That's pretty good. Finally. We get something interesting to start out the movie instead of political trade talks and taxation issues. <laughs> like, like, you're coming around. Um, now, let's uh, talk about good, which I actually have a lot of good about this movie. Uh, who wants to start it out? Go ahead. Okay, I'll start it out. Uh, one, the very opening shot of Obi-Wan and Anakin flying their A-wings. Um, yeah. I, I love this shot because I still get goosebumps every time they take the turn and start going down. You see a massive space war going on. Like it's the first time you actually see the scale of a massive war happening in the stars, which is weird for a movie called Star Wars. And there's actually things going on. Yes, right? things are happening. Right. Like, things are actually blowing up. There's other things flying around. Uh, it's quite nice. Yeah. And, and this original cut of episode three was actually four hours long. And this scene where they're rescuing Palpatine was over an hour in the yeah. original cut. Uh, so they really wanted to focus on this, which I think is probably a good idea if you're going to focus on something. Because uh, you show actual chemistry between Hayden Christensen and Jude Law, like as Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. Ewan McGregor. You got Jude Law. I don't know why I went there. Like, I couldn't remember his name, and I'm like, Jude Law. He's British. That works. Uh, (laughs) um, But you actually get chemistry between the two, and it's like, it took three films, but you got there. (laughs) Good job. Right. Well, uh, Revenge of the Sith, being the culmination of a series, yeah. it's always going to have a little bit more going for it. Yeah. You get to settle all of these questions and plot points that you brought up in the other two movies. Um, but they do do they do do they do do a pretty <laughs> good do job. Do. And um, uh, I think Ewan McGregor once again is a huge highlight for this movie. Oh, yeah. He has some really, actually, some really strong monologues and performances throughout this movie. And, uh, and yeah, one of the rare positives for all the films, but, um, they do, they do have a little bit more relationship between Anakin and, I mean, we, we still need way more of it, yeah. but we have it. We still have some. It's that perfect blend of them going into a really difficult situation and for this rescue and there's danger all around them and anything can happen at any point in time. But they're still like making comments to each other about the situation. They're making right. little jokes. They're all pretty calm throughout the whole thing. And also, you get to see the differences between how Anakin thinks and how Obi Wan thinks. Yeah. And, and the different ways that they would do things. So yeah. 
No, I, I think that's absolutely fantastic. And we uh, get to see a lot there. Um, another good... Uh, you get to see a little bit more that's not so in your face of Anakin and Padme and their relationship and how she's pregnant and all that kind of stuff. And they get married and they they get married at the end of the second one and their relationship there, which is just absolutely outstanding. Thank you, Matt, for the ring point. Um, it, there's You have a connection with them now. Um, you get to see uh, Palpatine really gaining and manipulating and being on the shoulder of Anakin. And um, and the one thing that I said, the deleted scene from episode two, um, where Sidious pay, or told Dooku to pay the uh, Tusken Raiders to kidnap Shmi Skywalker. What? Yeah. That's a, del- oh my That's a deleted Why scene in episode two. That? Here's the thing. When Anakin has Count Dooku like, in his clutches, and he's like, uh, thinking about killing him, there was a line that was cut of uh, Palpatine going, Count Dooku paid raiders to kidnap and kill your mother to Anakin. And then Anakin's like, what? And then winds up killing him, which would be like, dude, come on. Why are you cutting that? Like, that would be oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah. But a- anyway, we're talking about good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In reference to if they had kept that in, though, hmm. don't you think in that storyline it would have uh, uh, advanced his transition to going off to go and try to save his mom because doesn't it uh, happen later on in the movie um no it happens in episode two where where he does it but he just hears that his mom is like kidnapped and he has like a vision of her getting like tortured but it would have given you reasons like i was really confused (laughs) all right we'll step out of episode two right when i'm done with this but uh i found it weird that he just goes and they're like oh they they took her and then you go and see her and she's just like strapped to a log beaten and <laughs> like near death and it's like why did they take her <laughs> like there's no use that they need from her like she's just in a hut dying mm-hmm. but uh anyway we'll step out of episode two um but i i, I just feel like that relationship the action sequences are great. We get to see all of those, uh, just all the pieces finally coming into play that you've been waiting three movies for, finally being done and being done really well. Um, lightsaber battles, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the the big finale one when we get there, uh, which actually on a rewatch doesn't hit as well for me. I mean, on the lightsaber battles, uh, the battle with Grievous and Obi Wan was mm. wasn't bad at all. I mean, no. the, the uh, I feel like it could have been extended. I feel like they kind of rushed through that to get it over with. But well, and I mean, uh, it was interesting. But at the fact of like you have a you have another villain who has the ability Yet another. to have mm. multiple lightsabers at once to try to uh, like. Darth Maul had two. General Grievous has four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Anakin picks up two. But why does George Lucas, why is he afraid of multiple lightsabers? Because it seems like anytime they do something cool with something multiple, like the saber gets cut in half or Anakin loses his hand when he's holding the other one like four seconds in. Grievous gets all of his hands chopped off except for like the one or two. I don't think two. he's afraid of it. That just needs to happen to even the fight out. To make no, it but I think that's great. Like take away any sense of peril <laughs> that that anyone's in. We don't want any drama in the situation. Like I always found that kind of annoying. The, the Grievous fight is good. Also the uh, Palpatine-Yoda fight is pretty cool. I think they overdid huh. it a little bit, but I, I think it was a good 
Keep it good. Keep it good. Uh, okay. Keep yeah, it I'll, good. We'll talk about that more later when we get into that. <laughs> right. Okay. Any uh, other goods? Any thoughts? Uh, yeah. I like the sound effects that they use for the, okay, that animal that Obi-Wan rides yeah, when the, he goes. <laughs> like, I thought it was kind of cool. I like it's kind that. of funky. I like how yeah. he jumps off and kind of falls, but then he, like, survives. That whole part, anytime you have just Obi-Wan and you forget about Hayden Christensen for a while, <laughs> it's, it's always a strong point, so... I, but I will say, Hayden Christensen in this movie is so much better. So, so I, I would much have to better. say that this is a good point. At yeah, this, you know, at this absolutely. Juncture. His development of character and his portrayal and his his acting is so much better. So much than Attack of the Clones. I, I definitely well, agree. He's he's so tortured at the end. He's so. Being pulled apart, yeah. That it, I don't know. That that I think is up to your own. There's there's opinion. a lot to talk about there. There's a lot to talk about there. So we'll but we'll there's a lot of good in that, that for we, a minute. We can't yes. skip over the fact oh, that no. we you know we took a poop on him last movie. Yeah, and this movie <laughs> I I have to give him high praise. Full on bear, poop. you know. Um, also, the fight with General Grievous. We talked about the all of that already, but uh, Dooku fight, all that. Yeah. So that's good stuff. Yeah, that's all good stuff. Um, yeah, we get three lightsaber battles in this movie, which is, you know, you can always use more of that. It's good. So it's nice to have so much of it. Um, here's a, okay, I think I think it wouldn't be too terrible to skip ahead to, because, I mean, these movies are generally about Anakin's transformation um, from a child, an innocent child, to, a, you know, to Darth Vader. So why don't we talk primarily on him and his transformation because i mean i know that's mostly going to be negative mm. but let's hit it up let's yeah. spend most of our time on that subject because okay I know we both have a lot well to i think if we're going to talk about his transition into turning into darth vader then we need to talk about the issue with the emperor and him finally coming forward which very well acted uh, with Palpatine kind of like, you can see him kind of testing the waters with Anakin, bringing up things slowly. And then when Anakin's like, what? You know the dark side? And then he kind of like backtracks and he's like, well, to have a grasp of the force, you need to study all aspects of right, it. Right. And stuff. But then he like pries a little bit harder to get into his head. Um, I love that scene. That is just dripping with evil and manipulation and it's fantastic. Yeah. And then you got Anakin going to Mace Windu and telling him about it. And he's like, oh, stay out of it. Uh, Ryan looks well, like you want to say something. Yeah, not only that, but then once he finds out that like he has a little bit of uh, ground he can cover, then he then he starts pulling on the fact of he knows somehow that there's something going on between him and Padme, yep. and how he can keep her alive. Or he starts talking about um, the the um, one. Uh, how he starts talking about the incredible Darth Plagueis. Yeah. And how he could... He could stop death. Exactly. Which is a great point in uh, in driving that character to teeming with Sidious. And... Oh, man. Okay, so when Mace Windu has uh, the Emperor um, <laughs> down and he starts using the lightning and it's shocking him... Um, Turning him into a marshmallow. It, turning him into the marshmallow man. Um, and then you get this. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you get him going like, oh, I can feel your power. 
power and stuff and he's shocking and he's like i can't hold it any longer as he's turning into marshmallow man hit me man now we're still talking about good right <laughs> I've, I've devolved into bad <laughs> no i know that's why i was just thinking about the transition here but i did have one more thing to say um that it, we didn't cover in the last two movies which was how much better the sound is in this movie Mm. The way that they mix the sound, uh, the voices versus the music versus, yeah. you know, the background noise, the lightsaber battles. Um, in the first movie specifically, it's it's really terrible. You you know, if you're if you're watching it at home and you have your volume up every single time that some action scene comes on, you have to turn it down like 10 volume because yeah. it's so badly mixed. Same thing with Attack of the Clones, although it was a little bit better. This movie does really great. Everything's really crisp. Yeah. Um, it sounds really good, I think. And also, we need to talk about the the relationship uh, between um, Padme and Anakin. It's so much better in this movie. Mm. This is the most developed that we've seen it so far, and it's really, really good. I mean, uh, so I, I don't know. I'll call it good there. Yeah. I'm sure there are other points, but uh, and one thing we haven't really talked skip about over it. Is, is actually the character of Palpatine, who is extremely solid in all three movies, and he did a great job, well acted. But I think at this crucial moment, where he turns into the Emperor and takes that form and takes that shape of Marshmallow Man, and he's got like the crazy hair wisps like flying around, he's like, um, <laughs> it's so weird. That lightsaber battle, you start feeling like, okay, something bad is going to happen with this movie. I feel like it's taking the wrong turn because he starts making these like jello faces where he's like, oh, I'm, ah, oh ah, and just making like these super over exaggerated faces. And you're like, this is getting kind of silly. And then it, that happens. It gets really weird. It does. It gets really weird. Yeah. And then that happens. And right at that moment when he becomes Marshmallow Man, this movie takes a dive and really destroys the rest of the movie and the rest of the trilogy, which was already basically destroyed. But the whole last third of that movie drops the ball in every aspect. This is one of the the sections of the, the prequels where it, it's the most easy to clearly say, okay, this is how it could have been better. This is how it yes. could have been better. This is how it could have been better. Um, because this section of the storyline is so important, and the way they do... Anakin's transformation could have been so much better. So they much forced, they should have given it so much more time. They forced the climax of this and then scrunched it in. It's like they made yep. a, a four-hour cut of the movie and they got like three and a half hours into it and then they're like, "Oh crap, we need to have him become a bad guy." <laughs> like, yeah, no, and then they right. decide to fit it in. Like, okay, first of all, there's there's the issue of Anakin like standing up and being like, "No, I need him. I need to know the." Power of the whatever. Um, Is it possible to learn this power? Like him wanting to know about how to get that power to save a life because he knows Padme is going to die and she's in danger. Um, which is perfect. It is so perfect. And so he he doesn't kill Mace Windu. He cuts off his hand. The Emperor kills him, but he makes it like, oh, I, I killed him. Allegedly. Yeah. Uh, allegedly. <laughs> um, he does that and then that emperor's like good and he's like i have to bow down to you i need to learn this power what is your bidding and he's like all right now you must kill all the jedi and your friend obi-wan kenobi and he's like okay yeah that's fine <laughs> and it's like what like you did you didn't even kill a jedi yet you cut off mace windu's hand which you survived 
and he killed him, so he's still bad. You haven't made that transition. Literally two minutes later, he's walking into the Jedi Academy and killing children. And you're like, what? <laughs> What's going on there? Things got interesting in two minutes. Yeah, like, what in the world? I, I Watching the movie, I was coming up with tons of ideas on how they could have done this whole arc with the same beats, but make it so much better. I'll go into that later. I just want your guys' feedback. To a but. certain extent, I understand. Like he he has made the most important decision, which is that he's going to trust Palpatine rather yeah. than the Jedi. But at the same time, like that hasn't made him a murderer yet. No, he isn't full sold on the, on the dark everything. side. And and so and and like first of all, he hasn't killed anyone. I mean, he aided in Mace Windu's death, but he didn't kill anyone. But that's still a huge jump to go from there to killing children. Yeah. Like, that's a huge transformation. And so there needed to be more happening uh, where he kills the kids before he kills the kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As in, like, yeah. Um, I think I was just going to reiterate what you were saying. But it, you can't just go from, all right, well, looks like I'm going to be a Sith now. Um when once you're a uh, Jedi Knight, and then you just automatically go straight into uh, mass murdering little kids. Yeah, uh, Matt, you had some. Oh, I just wanted to say that uh, you can clearly see the transformation because his eyes change color. Oh yeah. So you I know? just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> I think you guys are missing the point. His yeah. eyes. The, the Emperor is like, so, you're evil now. Yeah. Here's some contacts. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up. No, that's a that's a fair point. Um, but. I, Liar! Shut up. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, like, he is... It, it's it's just so bad that he makes that transition. And um, and then you go to him fighting Obi-Wan, which the choreography, a uh, little side note, uh, Spielberg actually helped decide, uh, design the final battle because he wanted to try out using the digital effects and all that um, and using the technology George was using. Time's up, guys. We're, we're done. <laughs> no. Um... So you can kind of see like the epic scale and like Spielberg is a master of chase scenes from like Indiana Jones and all that kind of stuff. So you can kind of see the battle and how it goes to different levels, which is really interesting. You can see his touches there, but he just goes after Obi-Wan. Yeah, he thinks something is kind of going on with Padme, but he's going after his master who helped grow him and take him from the life. And it's there's there's no transition. There's no connection between those two obi-wan's just kind of like ah this sucks and i must kill you and anakin's just like yeah this is what i do (laughs) it's just so weird and there's no real there's no connection to this fight on either side and with anakin skywalker who is being manipulated you want to be like you know i'm invested in you and i think you can come back from this man but instead you're just kind of like he's just real bad he well he's broken he's he's reached yeah. a breaking point you, what i think you're you're missing a little bit is that <clears throat> all those whisperings in the ears mm. from the last two movies yeah um we have palpatine talking to anakin and whispering little things and then they keep getting stronger and stronger and asking him to do more and more evil things and eventually he he is so manipulated he turns completely and he doesn't question it anymore because what he really wants is to save Padme. Yeah. So that's his whole focus and goal. So that, that brokenness in him, that's where you can see it. Yeah. You know? So I think that that's a good thing in a way. It's not 
necessarily maybe executed as well as I'd like it to be, but it's a good thing. I think they could have taken this whole battle and whole turn at the very end of the movie that you're like, they're going to fight. They're going to fight. They could have made it so much better with one thing. If Anakin would have went and seen Obi-Wan there and Obi-Wan's like, Anakin, what's going on? Like, he knows all the bad stuff he did. And Anakin's like, oh, Obi-Wan, look, the Jedi are being wiped out. This is your chance. Run. <laughs> and Obi-Wan's like, well, Anakin, I, I know what you've done. I have to stop you. And he's like, you don't understand. I'm doing this for a reason. I have to do this to save Padme. You need to go. He's like, you're not going to stop me. You need to go. I don't want to hurt you. But Obi-Wan's like, I have to stop you. You're the bad guy now. You've gone to the dark side. I have to stop you. And so while they're fighting, if they had some sort of dialogue of like, um, I don't want to kill you, like as they're fighting, it would be so much more like, oh, they have to fight each other. Like one person wants one thing, one wants another, and it's their personal issues that are getting in the way. Like I'd be so much more invested into that and just being like, oh, God. Yeah, no, that would that would really help. Uh, that entire series of events yeah. uh, um, having a little bit more detail as to what or why it has come to that. Yeah. Right. Matt, what Corey was saying before isn't that uh, like the fight isn't good, but that there needs to be um, more progression in the same way that there needed to be more progression before he kills children. There needed to be more prog- progression before he fights his mentor. Um, they, they did enough of a development between Anakin and Obi-Wan to have an understandable relationship between them where they wouldn't just automatically fight each other. And so we needed to see a little bit more like, I absolutely believe in my quest. And on the other side with Obi-Wan, I absolutely believe in my quest as a Jedi and I have to stop, you No, I have to fight to save Padme and Corey and I have had this conversation in the past about how it would have helped a lot if we had seen some jealousy between um, Anakin with with um, in regards to Obi-Wan's relationship with Padme because he mentions that he comes to the planet and he's like, get away from her. Yeah. And I think it would have helped a lot to see a little bit more of that in the past so that now when he comes and he's like, get away from her, that helps kind of push him or urge him on to begin fighting his mentor, Obi-Wan. And episode one would have been a great vehicle for that because it was cut to bring Qui-Gon in and you didn't meet Qui-Gon until they went to that place and saw the Jedi console. Council? <laughs> Not a console. Uh, but uh, Obi-Wan did everything Qui-Gon did in that movie. So if he was palling around with Padme and also palling around with Anakin and Anakin's 12, and Padme's kind of like, oh, great, Jedi Knight, you could really build up that like initial reaction of him kind of like, okay, she kind of digs Obi-Wan, but Right, you and know, if I'm Anakin cool. knows that there was a little bit between Padme and Obi-Wan before Anakin was in the picture, that would justify his jealousy so that at this yeah. point it makes sense that he's really like, oh, oh she's more. mine, not yours. I feel like if they had gone that route with... Um, Anakin and Padme and Obi-Wan, then the better time would have been episode two Mm -hmm. um, when they finally come back. Then maybe Obi-Wan had still maintained contact with Padme. Yeah. And that would be the way that, like, they could tie that ending plot point um, from there. Yeah. Like, well, wait, what's going on? Like, how are, why are you still making contact with her? Yeah. Situation rather than from. All the way at the beginning. Yeah. The whole idea is you know Darth Vader goes back to being good. Right? Like, that's the whole Eventually. idea. Eventually. Eventually. In Return of the Jedi, he saves his son to show that there's some humanity left in him. 
but we needed a reason for him to get his humanity removed in the first place. And I think that's where if you had it a lot more of a struggle throughout that movie, um, I think he totally could have killed children, but maybe perhaps by accident. Well, it was a culmination of things, though. Yeah. And I think that final killing of the, the young younglings mm. or whatever they're called um younglings. <laughs> i think that's right uh, younglings. he's so filled with rage that he's just broken and i think that that relationship that you're talking about mm. with uh, obi-wan and anakin and the jealousy there i don't think it's even really jealousy i think he is just so blinded rage insane mm. that he doesn't know what's real yeah. anymore um, he's been he's been broken by those things. Yeah, he's been torn apart. He's he was in torment this whole time. Yeah, uh, with the dreams that he had been having and um, how he knew he couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, and then to go from that and then kill the younglings and uh, all of the mm. the Jedi and then come back and Obi Wan's the only one left. He's his master, so he feels a certain respect towards him mm. but he feels like he's been betrayed as well because he's had all those whisperings in the ear the entire time so i don't know i just i, I wanted i didn't want to gloss over that yeah no yeah I, I think that's totally fair but i feel like his turning point into total darkness shouldn't have been just with one conversation and request from the emperor and he's like hey can you be super evil and he's like yeah okay that's fine it should have been after you know he had to do those things with the younglings and like destroying the jedi academy which we don't get to see which is super depressing you see a couple <laughs> things on like a video thing but why don't you want to see anakin just going full on force power taking out tons of jedi like that is your climactic awesome scene there <laughs> um right this could have been a moment where you see the darth vader in him where he's not holding back anymore no. <laughs> <laughs> i feel like he really could have used um we could have used this time to see how powerful he was because I, I get the sense and i think this was a good thing and, and the way Hayden played Anakin, you get the sense that he's holding back. Like, he wants, he can't go full power unless he goes hold, dark side or something. Hold on. Would you feel like maybe someone is uh, underestimating him? You underestimate my power! <laughs> All I'm thinking about right now is um, the idea of him just unleashing as many force powers at the Jedi Academy. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking that would have been so epic to see in this movie because that's the darth vader you imagine when you see like this major villain in the original trilogy you're just like this guy was just like not the just, man not just bending medical equipment in a room yeah. and ripping one arm. i had i could have saved her <laughs> um was that bane One of the worst moments <laughs> of all what? the movies. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like that they brought the back the voice. Yeah, James Earl Jones. Yeah, exactly. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Unless it's a really good impression. It was nice. That, that yeah. would have been such a great moment, too, to see him, like, crushing all the stuff. I love the whole idea of that. And then the... No! The... No! It's just, it is so beyond bad. Like it sounds bad listening to it, but when you see it on screen, it's even worse. Yeah, because it's the weird yeah. shaking thing of like, okay, pretend you're yelling no. 
<laughs> like it's it's such a sad moment. Um, but uh, see, that's where with that Jedi Academy, that's such a central point to that movie, and. I feel like if Mace Windu would have been at the Jedi Academy instead of just like in his own little chair thing and Anakin went and told him, hey, Palpatine is the Dark Lord of the Sith we've been looking for. And he's like, "Okay, well, we're going to go fly over there and we're going to stop him. And then Anakin's like, no, you can't do that. Let me go with you. And he's like, no, you stay here. And he's like, no, I need to be there. I need to learn something from him. I need more information. And he's like, no. If Anakin starts, like, getting, like, really adamant, he'd be like, okay, you're getting a little out of control. You're too close for this. Lock him up. And they locked him up in the academy where there's a bunch of Jedi. And then Anakin's, like, losing his mind because he's got to be there. So he breaks out and he tries going through, but all these Jedi are trying to stop him. And he's like, look, I just need to, I need to get there. And then they start taking out lightsabers and he's, like, defending himself. And he's like, get out of my way. I need to be there. And then he finally just starts, like, taking him out and killing him. He's like, I'm sorry, I have to, like, <laughs> going through. And he's a lot more torn about it. And it shows him taking out all of these Jedi because he's got this one goal in mind of saving Padme. And he'll do whatever he can to get to that. And then, like, maybe at the end, gets in a ship. And as people are, like, getting into ships, he's blowing them up with his. And it winds up collapsing the Jedi Temple. And you get to see, like, younglings going in and stuff. So he's flying just thinking about, like, what have I done and stuff and then on that flight he can kind of be like this is this is what I had to do and he can start like consoling himself with that and getting more into it and getting more dark and then Obi-Wan is that final straw when he's not just going to go and he's got to stop him and I, I would just love to see him take the darkness turn not necessarily on his own real decision can i get what i'm saying yeah like not so scrunched up yeah 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 we talked about that earlier which is it's such a great build-up and then the execution of the final transition it's too not enough time right too rushed way too rushed we we need to talk about the ridiculous uh lightsaber fight with four lightsabers with general grievous how short that uh that little section was i'm like he's got four and then oh now he only has oh three two one oh okay i guess there's no lightsabers (laughs) no like like, (laughs) they built this whole thing up it's so ridiculous like showing something awesome and then they're like no (laughs) you can have it just kidding that's it Yeah, just on the fact of like uh, what Matt was saying at how they built up the uh, crazy amount of skill that this guy has, and then ninety seconds later, all right, he's gonna get killed by one phase around. Yeah, yep, and then that's it. Okay, so I got some interesting information for you guys. Uh, Chris, did you have anything to add on that? Okay, ten-year-old uh, Han Solo was supposed to show up with Chewie on Kishik. Um to uh, kind of do like a tie-in where he was like a little boy with Chewbacca. Um, Glad they cut it. Uh, uh, Mustafar, the lava planet, was George Lucas's vision of hell, which I found interesting because these three prequel movies are mine. Um, (laughs) Hey, Corey. Corey, Hmm. that was really funny. Thank you. Um... Every single clone trooper in the movie is CGI. There's no one in any suits. Okay. All the clones are CGI. Huh. Yeah, which is kind of impressive because I'm surprised. It wasn't there were times noticeable. when, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Bad parts. General Grievous coughing 
and doing the <coughs> is actually due to the part I said this before we were recording uh, to the original from the creator of Dexter's Lab, Guinea Tartakovsky. I'm gonna say that wrong. Uh, he did a Clone Wars animated thing that just kind of showed up from time to time. Uh, there's a battle with Mace Windu where he uses the Force to crunch some of his armor on the chest, and that's why he coughs in the movies because of that damage. Um, I thought I thought that just added to the fact that he he isn't 100% robot. Yeah. And I thought that was a good choice. Uh, this is the best received movie out of the trilogy. A lot of right. people like this one the most. And did you guys want to guess how many lines Count Dooku speaks in this movie? 14. 14? 27. 27? 40. 40. Four. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that was way off. <laughs> talk about the terrible... Flips, oh yeah it's like and now it's a cartoon <laughs> um, but yeah four lines count dooku has which again is them not really caring about a villain through to another movie it's very interesting to me like they have darth maul and they're like yay and then they have count dooku who shows up 76 minutes later as like a villain and then he's kind of gone and then he has four lines here and then you have Grievous who just kind of shows up and disappears in this movie. And then you have, like, it's it's just a weird series of decisions. Yeah, they were just trying to um, get through the story of Anakin Vader. Yeah. Just as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, rush, rush, rush. Darth Skywalker. Darth Skywalker, yeah. Uh, something that you were saying earlier about how there was a lot of buildup to the Grievous fight specifically, mm-hmm. and then it was... Uh, anticlimactic and disappointing i think that's uh i think that's a theme for all of these movies and why people um over time have come to reject them so much there was a lot of build-up it's star wars it's star wars name it's george lucas and they were just disappointing so i we were talking earlier before we started recording about how these movies aren't terrible from a pure movie perspective yeah but when you put the star wars name on them they just don't really feel like they fit and uh um you know, it should be this incredible story of Anakin becoming Darth Vader, and really, uh, it's it's not. So, you know, those are the over, you know, the overarching themes of our, our opinions on these. One one thing I didn't say is that this movie does actually hold. You'll go next. Uh, uh, is hold the best Obi Wan scene in my opinion, where Grievous sends the soldiers after him, and Obi Wan force drops the thing on top of him. Then he just strolls by swinging his lightsaber and then like cuts the head off of the robot. And then I'm just like, oh, that's so awesome. And then he does some weird like kung fu hand thing with his lightsaber. And I was like, well, that kind of cheapened it. But still, that one scene was really cool. But I just had to make special mention of that because that was badass. I mean, uh, should we also mention the adventures of R2-D2, this this one uh, movie? A lot of people had issues with him setting like the robots on fire and stuff with the jets. Yeah, the fact he has jets is weird that he never uses them again. <laughs> yeah. But also, but the, I thought the oil move was actually pretty slick. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I totally didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> That's it. Um, but uh, I'm more talking about the random flying sequence through the uh, smelting uh, factory. I think that's episode two. I think no, we already talked about that. The smelting factory is episode three. The smelting factory. Remind what? The molten stuff. Oh, being pots no, and that's... molten stuff. Yeah, it. it I, I'm pretty sure this episode two. I, I think that's the one we were talking about where he's weaving in between yeah, the things. It, it is two. So sorry to backtrack from three to two, 
but yeah, where as you wish. <laughs> subtle um but yeah like the adventures of that situation happening because yeah isn't c3po in there and he gets the he gets the uh random uh bot head put on his head yeah that's in the arena scene at, at right. two yeah sorry for that gentlemen your power's a weak old man <laughs> All right, now after that, uh, we're going to put a closing on this and uh, thank you guys for listening to our Star Wars prequel special. We have written the names in the book. We are not going to mention them again. Um, and hopefully you're excited about that. We kind of talked them out. So uh, no more Star Wars prequels. We can just focus what? on the good stuff from now on. <laughs> All right, ready? So we got to close the book now. It's, it's going. It's going. Uh. So glad to get rid of that.